It is December the 21st. So for those of us that celebrate Christmas, we are right up against Christmas Day, which for a lot of people means excess. It means eating a lot more food than they would normally and eating a lot more of the foods that they wouldn't normally eat. I have no problem with that. It's Christmas Day. Christmas dinner is often followed by Christmas fatigue. The uncle, brother, dad, brother, usually the guys, falling asleep on the couch, snoring away, head back, that food coma. And uh, I want to talk today in this, this pretty short podcast about a food coma because we are told it is the tryptophan in the turkey. Heard that one? Some, some truth to that. We are told it is a blood sugar crash. Not going to argue with that. But there's a third part to this, which I find absolutely fascinating and will make sense. But let's back up a little bit and talk about the blood sugar. So I've been coaching blood sugar since about 2009. Um, that, that is how I've coached weight loss. Uh, understanding blood sugar is the greatest tool. Uh, well, understanding blood sugar and insulin is the greatest weight loss tool you, you, you can ever have. Um, when blood sugar goes up, so blood sugar goes up because of uh, too many carbohydrates in a meal that goes hand in hand with sugar, of course, too many carbohydrates in a meal, a meal that is simply too big or meals that are too too close together. Basically, too many nutrients are in the blood at the same time. So blood sugar goes up, carbohydrates broken down into the blood as blood glucose, blood glucose goes up. When blood glucose gets too high, the body doesn't the body doesn't like too much sugar in the blood. And in a healthy body, insulin will be over-released and insulin will get rid of the sugar in the blood, causing your blood sugar to drop. So what goes up must come down. Doesn't have to be Christmas Day for that to happen. A lot of people experience that all day, every day. They, they start their day with a high-carbohydrate breakfast, their blood sugar goes up, they're falling asleep by 11 o'clock in the morning, they go to the vending machine, they make the wrong choice. Why did I do that? Their blood sugar goes up, they're crashing at three o'clock in the afternoon. Up, down, up, down, up, down. Now we all want to look cute and have a have a you know great body and all that good stuff, but this just isn't fun. This energy up and down and and making choices that we kind of get mad at ourselves. And yeah, so that that is um unstable blood glucose. It can cause us to make bad choices and it can cause our energy to go up and down. So it would it would be seemingly accurate to say that that post-Christmas day dinner fatigue coma would be linked to blood sugar because, you know, there's a lot of carbohydrates going on, there's a lot of sugar going on, would make complete sense. And indeed, that will be part of it. But the third part, so we have the tryptophan thing, we have the blood sugar thing, but the third part is less discussed, if ever discussed, and yet I think it's fascinating. And that is post-meal fatigue can be caused by just the sheer size of the meal, just sheer volume. And that is because our digestive system is governed by the parasympathetic nervous system. So our nervous system has two parts to it. It has the sympathetic nervous system, which is we are alert, we are focused, we are uh, the fight or flight side of our nervous system. So I like to use the example, if you're plodding along in your car and you get rear-ended, all of a sudden you're clear, you're focused, you're alert, you're, you spring into action. That, that's your sympathetic nervous system. That, that's a fight or flight. 
Now, the other part of the nervous system is the parasympathetic nervous system, and it is uh, the calming side of the nervous system. And that, for a lot of people, is mostly triggered, you know, some people only triggered when we're asleep. And it increases blood flow and, and all that. Well, the digestive system is governed by the parasympathetic nervous system, which is why if you get people in a highly stressed state, and I see this a lot, you get people dealing with a lot of stress. So they're always running on their sympathetic nervous system. They constantly have digestive issues. They constantly complain about gas, bloating, slow transit time, constipation. And that's because the digestive system needs the parasympathetic nervous system to be engaged to work properly. And if you're always stressed, that's not happening. I digress. So why would the digestive, why would the amount of food matter? Well, it matters because when we are in a fasted state, and any of you that have dabbled with or experienced intermittent fasting of any any length, really, before you started, you might have thought, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want to do this. I, I've got to focus at work. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be exhausted. How am I going to be able, how am I going to train? And then when you've done it, you're like, whoa, I'm, whoa, that's kind of crazy. I had a great workout. I had more energy. I was super focused. I was super clear. I actually felt kind of good. Some people, I was a little bit jittery. I was, I even felt, felt a little wired. How come I'm in a fasted state? It actually makes perfect sense. Going back to the well-used analogy of hunters and gatherers, which I hate to use, but anyway, I'll, I'll go with it. Imagine that back in the day, you're a caveman, cavewoman, and you've got to go out and hunt for your food. So you're hungry, you're in a fasted state. Well, it wouldn't really serve you if you were tired and fatigued. And then you had to go chase an animal and, and you, were, you were hungry. That doesn't make any sense. So actually, when we're in a fasted state, we are in a high energy state and in a very alert and focused state. Makes sense. Then we can go out and catch our dinner. Now, once we've caught our dinner and we fill our bellies and our bellies are full, now the body allows us to be calm. Now the body allows us to relax, become drowsy, sleepy, and there's that food coma. So with an empty stomach, you would think you might be tired because, oh, I haven't got any food in me, but the body's way clever. I liked it, you know, in my book, I said this, the body is way smarter than our dumb actions and we can be pretty dumb. So you would think in a fasted state, oh, I'm not going to have any energy because I haven't got any food inside me. The body's going to take care of that. It's going to release adrenaline. You're going to be fine. But in a, a fed state, when our bellies are full, that now can trigger the parasympathetic ner nervous system. And now we be, we are become and, and maybe a little bit sleepy because the bellies are full. The volume of the food actually triggers the digestive system, the parasympathetic nervous system to calm us down. So going back to Christmas day, if we just had turkey, there's that tryptophan, there's that, that scenario that is often talked about. I'm not sure how much it contributes, but there it is. Two, the blood sugar. Absolutely. We ate probably too many carbohydrates, a meal that was too big. Probably the meals were too close together. We were snacking. So yes, blood sugar went up. And in a healthy body, it's not always happens, but in a healthy body, blood sugar came back down. 
um, in an unhealthy body, um, insulin resistant, pre-diabetic, diabetic, that's not necessarily the case. But in a healthy body, that blood sugar comes back down and you might well experience a blood sugar crash. But third, and I think most importantly for this scenario, is just the sheer volume of the food that we eat. When we eat a meal that is big, we feel tired. Thinking further on from Christmas and just thinking generally in our day-to-day life, if we want to avoid the fatigue that sometimes comes with eating, and we see it all the time, taking a nap after lunch or a little bit sleepy or better have another cup of coffee. Was it because that breakfast was just simply too big? Was it because lunch was just too big? The volume of food that we eat receptors in our stomach recognize how much we've ate. And even though the stomach, you know, they say, you might say, oh, you're going to stretch your stomach. You're not going to stretch your stomach, okay? The body can get used to less food, but we don't stretch our stomach. Our stomach is like an accordion, okay? It can, it can think of an accordion. It can go out and it can come back in. It's not like a pair of old socks that get stretched out and never come back. It's not going to be like a pair of leggings with saggy knees. Come on. Um, again, the body's way smarter than that. But eating not necessarily small portions, but portions that think about the size of your stomach. Just just do the visual there. And not eating meals that are the size of your head can avoid post-meal fatigue generally, not just at Christmas. Now, this 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 is a topic that um if we talk about appetite regulators, you know, why do some people um, why do we want to eat so much food? Why do we have big appetites? So there's there's appetite regulators, and I'll I'll do some episodes in this podcast on on that. But I do cover those in my Tight Twenty Eight program, which is coming up in in twenty twenty four. Is coming up in April. Um, that, that's kind of uh, one of my programs that I kind of do a little bit more advanced um, weight loss topics, I guess. And appetite regulators are absolutely fascinating. And I personally can relate to them because, oh gosh, when I was a professional bodybuilder, so I started competing when I was 17 and I, and I had to eat a lot because I was a professional bodybuilder to build muscle and being a female, I had to, you know, eat a lot of food and then, and it served a purpose and I did pretty good. I was seventh in the world and all that stuff, um, Olympia state, all that stuff. And, but then when I retired, uh, my perception of myself, I'm not saying it was accurate, but my perception of myself was I am a big girl with a big appetite. Now it was okay when I was a bodybuilder, right? Because I was a professional bodybuilder with a big appetite and that was okay because you kind of need that. But once I retired, now I'm a... I'm just a big girl with a big appetite. That that's my self-talk. I'm not saying it was accurate, but that's my that was my self-talk. And I didn't like that. So I actually researched and 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 got pretty well educated on appetite regulators. And I was able to bring my own appetite into con, in, under control to the point where I had I have not had a craving. I know what cravings are, believe me. I dieted in competition for almost 15 years, but I have not had a craving for probably I couldn't tell you. I'm going to guess 25 years, 
I mean, it's foods I like, but craving, no. So by understanding this stuff, um, understanding the triggers, if you think you've got a big appetite, it can be changed. Um, if that's part of your identity, please cut that self-talk because it can be changed. Now, I'll give you a spoiler on this, but the one thing when it comes to um, appetite, the one thing, if you feel like you're somebody that just eats too much, focus on your protein. If you eat enough lean protein, you will not be hungry. I'll guarantee it. One of my programs is the Peak Week 5-Day Shred, which is coming up uh, January the 21st in 2024. And in that program, it is, a, as the name describes, 5-Day Peak Week Shred. It is a 5-Day diet. Uh, the results are ridiculous. Some people average 8 to 10 pounds, but some people 16 pounds. Um, it's not magic, just, just coaching. Um, it's not that difficult. But in that five-day program, it's a pretty low-calorie program. You know, the ladies are on about 1,200 calories. The guys are on, I think, maybe 1,700 calories. It's low. Very few people say they're hungry. A surprising number of people, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 35%. Ask me if they have to eat all the food because they're not hungry. And that is because that is a high-protein diet. When I bump their protein higher than they are used to immediately, I mean, immediately, it's only a five-day program. Stay after day two, their appetite's gone. They're not hungry. Very, very, very few people complain about hunger on that program. I actually cannot remember the last person that said they were hungry doing that five-day program. Hand on heart, can't think. So if appetite is a perceived obstacle that you have, then jump in on one of the programs. But first of all, think about your goal weight. How much would you like to weigh? And eat that many grams of lean protein, not fatty protein, of lean protein. And if you do nothing else, do that and then tell me how hungry you are. I guarantee your hungry will be held at bay. Anyway, that's it for now. This is a post-Christmas podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Just a little fun fluff information. That food coma is not just linked to blood sugar. It is absolutely linked to the amount of food you eat.